Well, good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, depending on where you are in the world and what time it is when you're tuning in. That's right, Sri Lanka. I saw those two downloads last month. You just think I'm not watching, but I see the globe. I see where the downloads are coming from, and we're big in Sri Lanka. Don't ever think differently about that. This is Perrin Desports, and I'm your host for the Group Practice Accelerator podcast from Polaris Healthcare Partners. If you're an entrepreneurial dentist or other healthcare provider, and you're interested in building a successful group practice, you found your primary resource for some of the industry's best business education. My partner, Dwalker Sinha, and I have decades of experience helping people just like you launch, scale, and ultimately exit successful group practices. In short, we create clarity, confidence, and results. Well, welcome everyone to season two, episode 42 of the Group Practice Accelerator podcast. One that we're going to call the single most important point of clarity in your growth strategy. That's right. It's going to come down to a fundamental, one that we knew was important. And in the last several weeks, we've learned just how important it is. Stick around, get your popcorn ready, brew another cup of that wonderful meal of coffee, get your pad and pen ready as well. The Group Practice Accelerator podcast is on the air. Thanks, everybody, once again for joining me on the show today. This is Perrin Desports, and I am your host. And as I teased in the introduction, we have had a lot of conversations with entrepreneurial dentists over the last four to six weeks. Maybe at the end of the show today, I'm going to talk about the uh, Scaling from Clinician to, D- to CEO conference we had out in Denver last weekend. It was a huge success with Dr. Mark Costas and the group from the Dental Success Institute. I'll talk about that a little bit later. But between that conference in Denver, as well as uh, Dent Supply Serona World in Las Vegas, where we gave two presentations on the DSO track out there, we've had a lot of conversations with entrepreneurial dentists who are building group practices and they a lot of them maybe not all of them but a lot of them seem to be coming back and centering around a, a central point of contention um ironically enough this is a point that we um presented on at both ds world and certainly at our conference in denver it's a point that we've spoken about on the podcast several times. Uh, Dwalker joined me on a couple of occasions to discuss this. And maybe I've misread the audience or or thought we'd covered most of it, but it is a point um, of some drama, <laughs> I'll say, with some people um, where we've dug into it. And that's around the subject of banking, uh, their existing current retail bank, and their growth strategy. This is a topic we have hit on and gone deep on uh, in multiple ways recently. Um, But a couple of conversations I've had with people recently have brought this back to the floor, uh, to the fore, excuse me. So let me see if I can sort of size this up for everybody and give you a point of context. And we're going to walk through and talk through this because I think there are going to be a lot of opportunities to acquire practices 
um, as we turn into the end of the calendar year, start that process. And certainly as it relates to the growth strategies at hand for many of you in 2023. And I think those growth strategies are well-founded. I think you're going to have a lot of at-bats to acquire practices um, uh, as the uh, um, you know larger economy starts to slow down a little bit um, due to the rising interest rate environment. But getting the debt funding piece straight with clarity and with confidence on your end is going to be mission critical. So here we go. Let me see if I can tease out for you uh, the context of some of these conversations. A lot of people have around two locations. These are uh, businesses that are generating roughly $2 million in revenue overall, maybe about $300,000 in EBITDA. They're carrying somewhere around a million to maybe a million and a quarter, sometimes as much as a million and a half in total debt. Uh, and these entrepreneurs are itching to pull the trigger on a third location. And they have been given assurance by their current bank, the bank that they started with, the bank that they've always banked with, that they still have the available capital to potentially take on uh, a third location. And they, that might not be wrong. Okay, that might not be wrong. You have heard us speak at great length about the way banks assess their what we call credit box um, and how they go about making lending decisions to dentists when they are uh, buying or building their first or even second location, occasionally their third location. You've heard us talk about the way that um, those credit boxes tend to max out around $2 million in total loan exposure. Uh, so the scenario that I just gave about uh, somebody at two locations, um, you know, 2 million in revenue, 300 grand in EBITDA, a million to a million and a quarter maybe uh, in terms of total debt, there may be that available window to take down a third acquisition, all right? There may be available funding to do that. So why wouldn't we want to do that? There are a number of reasons for this, and this is kind of the cautionary tale. Uh, and the cautionary tale is that the prepayment penalty structures on a lot of these loans are, in some cases, like a 54321, meaning there's a 5% penalty in year one, there's 4% in year two, there's 3% in year three, and on down the line. You follow the train of thought there. So taking on an additional loan to... Uh, to pull the trigger on this third location when uh, the bank already knows you and you already know the bank. And if the bank approves it, it's all good to go, right? Well, maybe not. And the maybe not piece comes into the first fundamental question of what's your strategy beyond this next location? Is it to stop at three for a good little while indefinitely um, and, and be a three location group? for the next five years or more. If that's the case, then, then probably it is okay. However, if this is the next turn in, an, in a greater growth strategy where your intent is to uh, acquire another practice every year, at least one practice every year for the foreseeable future, and maybe get to eight to 10 locations or something along those lines in the next five to eight years, then this is a bigger strategy that you need to pump the brakes on because the prepayment penalty structures at 54321 are going to be very confiscatory after you finish this next acquisition. 
because the chances are highly likely the bank you're currently with is not going to agree to continue funding beyond that roughly $2 million in total loan exposure piece. It gets worse if the prepayment penalty structure is something that's not able to be prepaid in the first or second year. So it's an N and an N in years one and two, and then three, two, one thereafter. Not being able to prepay the loan is exactly what you think it means. The loan cannot be prepaid. There's no way to get out from under it. If you go through and ink the loan for this next location, is that going to be the last location that you acquire for the next three or four years? If the answer to that is yes, then you're probably fine with your current lender. If the answer to that is no, that you would like to continue this growth strategy of maybe one per year, then you are going to end up in a world of hurt because you're not going to be able to prepay the loan. You're not going to be able to get out from under it. And you're basically going to have to stop your growth strategy for a couple of years until you can extricate yourself from it. That is going to be highly problematic for you if the intent is to continue to grow the business and knowing with some degree of confidence, at least, that there are going to be a lot of practices to acquire in the coming years. So this critical point about understanding with clarity where you stand from a banking concept, all right, I, I cannot impress upon you enough that, that this is a problem that's waiting to blow up in your lap. And people tend to backslide into it um, haphazardly or too casually and assume that everything is okay when it's not. Retail banks are wonderful for dentists who are buying or building their first practice or for those who want to own one to two locations. Dirt cheap cost of funds is all that matters at that point. The banking relationship that you have with the relationship manager means a phenomenal amount. But if you are an entrepreneur who is looking to build a multi-location group with some degree of consistency over the next five to 10 years, you owe it to yourself to really understand how the funding is going to happen or not happen moving forward. And if there's a great degree of certainty that it's not going to happen, you don't need to take on more loans with higher prepayment penalties that are going to cost you more in breakup fees to change that relationship. That's really the critical point here. The example that I used earlier about a business generating $2 million in revenue and $300,000 in EBITDA that you know, might, might have one and a quarter million in total debt remaining, that business is already levered at four times debt to EBITDA. Okay, that's the next problem when you try to get out from under the existing structure and break up with your current bank. The next piece is, is there a lower middle market bank that's willing to take on your business on a go forward basis and fund it to the degree that you want? And if you're already levered at four times debt to EBITDA, that is intensely problematic. So it's not just getting out from under your current bank. It's being credit worthy for another lower middle market lender that will take you on. <laughs> and this is a dual sided problem here. OK, so I, it, it alarms me 
that, or maybe it's, I should put it a different way. It's been educational to me that I've had this conversation with about a half a dozen entrepreneurs in the last six weeks. And it's the same story in a slightly different context with the same problematic current scenario and same challenging future scenario. Um, it, it, and those can't be the only six in our orbit where this has happened. There are more people in this audience that I'm talking to right here, right now, today, that the alarm bell is probably going off in your mind about this. So there's one other component to this that I want to caution you about. A number of you are sitting there saying, well, Perrin, that may be fine, that if I max out with my current lender at $2 million on this third location, I'll just go to a different bank for location number four if my current lender won't fund it. We see this at an alarming rate. Please don't do that. And here's the reason you should not do that. If you don't know the covenant structures of your existing loan documents, you are probably, or you are more than likely, going to be in default of something called subordinated debt covenants. Okay, A subordinated debt covenant is in place in most of the loan docs out there. And it simply states that the borrower cannot take on any additional subordinated debt without approval from the senior lender. So when your senior lender says, um, we're, we're going to fund this third one, but we're not going to fund the fourth one and you go to uh, ABC Regional Bank or XYZ Municipal Bank uh, or an SBA lender, and you get approval for funding on that location only, you are basically in violation of the subordinated debt covenant with your senior lender. And that worst case scenario can involve you in a lawsuit. We've had to help clients out of those lawsuits on two separate occasions within the last 12 months. It's not a great process. It's not one you want to go through if you don't have to. Avoid it at all costs. So the answer to your problems is not going to another local bank to borrow money against that fourth location or that third location if the, if the senior bank wouldn't do that. That is a, a scenario that is fraught with danger also. You owe it to yourself to push the brakes for a second here. You owe it to yourself to understand the loan documents that you are committed to, the prepayment penalties, the structures, and are they a percentage of the remaining uh, principal or the original balance of the loan? So you can calculate the breakup fees involved if necessary. And you owe it to yourself to understand where, where you are presently from a debt to EBITDA scenario to see if there is a way out of this, okay? Debt funding is the right mechanism. It's the right tool. It's the right vehicle for all of the people that we work with who are building groups in lieu of like an equity partner, I mean, even in a rising rate environment. The opportunity for y'all to acquire businesses at reasonable valuations and improve them dramatically to create equity on balance sheet is 100% in place. This is the right time to do it. And for those of you who've kept some dry powder on the sidelines, you're going to have the opportunity to buy businesses coming up. Beyond a shadow of a doubt, debt funding is the right way to achieve that. That being said, different banks do things really well in different scenarios. 
and banking is not a one-size-fits-all solution. If you are going to grow your business beyond one location per year for the foreseeable future, you owe it to yourself to pump the brakes, to get clarity on your current banking relationship, some level of um, uh, confidence around how far that bank might or might not go, and whether or not you can extricate yourself from it to find a lender who will fund your future growth strategy. Getting the banking piece right up front is critically important. And this is something that's, I knew this was important based on everything we'd shared in the marketplace over the last couple of years even. But this conversation that I've had several times over the last six weeks, has it's not a, a bitter piece of irony that this has crept up at the same point in time. I think this is becoming a concern to everyone and where there's smoke, there's fire. I would also tell you that this is a resource we have in-house. If you would like for some guidance around where you stand presently, what some of the banking docs say that you have in place currently, um, and and some level of a, a spitball assessment, if you will, some napkin math on what the possibilities might be. John Paul is our growth capital specialist. Uh, he's a He's a former banker himself who's worked for some of the enterprise level banks in our industry. And this is stuff that he knows extremely well. We don't charge for that service. I don't know what the heck we call that service, but it's let's just call it some type of a debt structure audit or something like that. So that'll be a new phrase that we just coined right here on the podcast at Polaris. And I'll link to uh, J. We call him JP. I'll re- uh, link to JP's uh, contact information and email address if you'd like to reach out to him directly. Um, and share some documents with him, get a little bit of guidance on on where you are and what the best case scenario might be. For those who are preparing for um, adding locations imminently or certainly in the coming year or years, this is something that I can't impress upon you enough. You've got to get it straight. It should be something that you can set and forget to uh, to be able to execute your growth strategy, and it ought to uh, be something that, that re-ups every year as you roll forward. Uh, think about it for a second. You and I all have credit cards in our wallet. And to some degree, we all know what the credit limit is on those credit cards. We probably also have a pretty decent understanding of how much money we've spent on our credit card uh, month to date. And if we were in the supermarket, if we went shopping for groceries, we're pushing around our cart and we're putting everything we need in the cart, we go to check out, when we're standing in the checkout line, that wouldn't be the point where we'd pick up the phone and call our banker to say, you know, hey, what's the available credit that I have? I need to buy a bunch of groceries. You would know what your credit limit is because you have a credit card and hopefully you pay off the balance every month. So knowing what your credit limit is that allows you 100% confidence to buy that basket full of groceries is exactly what I'm talking about for your business. And the guidance line in terms of growth facility that we negotiate on behalf of clients is that credit facility that allows you confidence to take down acquisitions or, or fund de novos Uh, on a consistent basis. That is the amount of confidence you want to be able to bring into the marketplace when it comes to executing your growth strategy. Not wondering what the available credit is that's remaining or if you qualify or have the ability to buy the basket of groceries. That's crazy. 
We would never go shopping that way. If you don't go shopping that way, why are you running your business that way? All right. Get the banking piece straight, get it straight up front and move forward with your growth strategy with a lot of confidence, knowing that the banking piece is in place for you to pull the trigger and acquire another business. I hope that makes sense to everybody. Like I say, this is, uh, this is something that we have, um, I want to say been confronted with uh, a number of times over about the last six weeks when we've been on the road. And it's the same scenario time and time again, like to an alarming degree. I thought it was, you know, the same person coming up at, uh, at the end of the day. But obviously, uh, where there's smoke, there's fire. And I think hopefully uh, I've, I've maybe rung the bell for some of you out there that now's the time to get this stuff straight and to really take a, a look at it. Thanks so much for joining me on the show today. Stick around. Be back with a couple of thoughts and to wrap up the show. So thanks once again for joining me on the uh, Group Practice Accelerator podcast today. I appreciate everybody being in our audience. And I also really appreciate all the the nice compliments we get on the podcast. Um, we are intentional about the con- uh, the content uh, that we share on the show. DeWalker and I give it a lot of thought um, and and try to make it very impactful for you all. We have had the good fortune to speak uh, on some large stages and to interact with um, a good number of people over the last probably six weeks or so. And uh, the response we get from everybody uh, is really glowing and and I'm I'm grateful for that. I really am. So thank you all for being in the audience. Thank you so much for for sharing your compliments. I feel like every time I run into somebody, they say, hey, I really love your podcast or something like that. So y'all are out there and and I do appreciate it. Uh, two things I might ask of you if you're in the audience, and, and that is one, uh, leave us a rating. Um, that does help in search engine stuff and show rankings and all that kind of good stuff. So when y'all click the the five-star reviews, which they've all been five stars up to this point, um, which again, we're very grateful for. When you click that, uh, it does help us uh, in the show rankings. Uh, And if you feel that what we do share is, you know, good content, it's educational and you get a lot out of it, um, share the show with a colleague. Um, We're growing our, our audience uh, on hopefully a weekly basis, and judging from the download numbers, we are somebody's listening out there, um, and that helps a lot too as as we broaden our network and our audience. And we're we're grateful to um, have you uh, and have the nice compliments that you shared. Um, but as we continue to create more content, we want it to be shared with a greater audience. So um, thank you uh, once again for for being an advocate for the show. Uh, and and certainly for helping us spread the message. Judging from those downloads, uh, it's somehow, some way, it's growing, and it ain't just in Sri Lanka. I'll say that as well. So thanks once again for for joining me on the show today. If you do have questions uh, about banking or growth strategy or anything um, along those lines, you can always drop me a, a line directly at Perrin at PolarisHealthcarePartners.com. And if you have banking uh, questions specifically, John Paul, once again, is our uh, our growth capital specialist, and he's got a wealth of experience um, uh, and, and has been taking a number of calls on this. So you wouldn't be alone if you want to reach out and schedule a call with John. His uh, email address is, as you would expect, John, J-O-H-N, at PolarisHealthcarePartners.com. And he is our 
our growth capital and banking specialist. I'll link to his contact information in the show notes. Um, and like I say, he'd be happy to spend a little bit of time with you and do an audit of sorts uh, as it relates to your overall debt structure. So you'll have confidence moving the business forward into the coming year. Thanks again for joining me on the show. We'll see you on the next one. Take care.